Welcome back, Sanford Truth listeners. Thank you for tuning into this Bible study podcast. Last week's episode, we talked about water baptism, its significance and necessity, as in John 3 5 says, Except a man be born again of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Who are the only one who can be baptized, especially those that are repentant believers? When we talk about the mode of baptism, it's immersion in water. And also the baptismal formula is in the name of Jesus. So for this episode, we will be talking about the Holy Ghost baptism. Stay tuned. Now let's talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The promise and command. Let's read in Joel Joel chapter 2 verse 28 to 29. It says there, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaid in those days will I pour out my spirit. Amen. This has been prophesied and it's it happened. It did happen and it's still happening right now. God is pouring out his spirit upon all so it's not just for a few people it's for all amen and also in matthew chapter 3 verse 11 it says uh, john the baptist talking in this passage it says i indeed baptize you with water to repentance but he that comes after me is mightier than i whose shoes i cannot i am not worthy to bear and he shall baptize you with the holy ghost and with fire Amen. And also in John chapter 20, verse 22. And he, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and says to them, Receive you the Holy Ghost. This is Jesus talking. Also in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 5, it says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which says, He you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. It is a promise. Amen. And also in Acts 2, 38-39 says, And then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you and to your children into all that are far of, even as the Lord, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. So it is a command and it is a promise. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13 says, If you then being evil know how to, to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give Holy the Holy Spirit to them that ask of him? Amen. The Holy Ghost, it's a gift. And those who seek and, and thirst for, for the Holy Ghost will be filled because God will give it to you. If you thirst and you hunger to receive the Holy Ghost, God will give it to you. God will pour out His Spirit upon your life. And in you, it will be in you. Amen. And also in Luke 24, verse 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with the power from on high. 
Amen. The Holy Ghost is the one that will give us the power to heal in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not our, we cannot do healing on our own. It is by the Holy Ghost that's in us that is working that kind of miracle to an individual or to some, to, to, to an individual and it will make them heal. It will cast out any evil spirit in the name of Jesus Christ because the spirit of Christ that's in us, when the evil spirit notices it, it just like it run away because that, that, that spirit knows the Holy Spirit is mightier and stronger than the evil spirit. That's why we can cast out devils in the name of Jesus Christ when you have the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, the evil spirit will just mock you. Amen. And also in John 3, 5, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It is very essential for us to receive the Holy Ghost baptism. It is because Jesus told to Nicodemus, unless we are born of water and of the Spirit, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. And also in John chapter 7, verse 38 to 39, it says, he that believes one as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit which they believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet being glorified. You see, those people that think that um, Jesus is not the Holy Ghost, in this verse, it's in itself is telling us that when Jesus is still on earth, no one can receive the Holy Ghost yet. But when he get when but when he was been glorified, when he ascended to heaven, that's when the people of or the disciples and the apostles received the Holy Ghost because Jesus has been glorified. He is the Holy Spirit and He is the Father. You will notice it in some of the verses that we will read in a long run. Amen. And also in John 14, verse 16 to 18 says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither, know, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Who is that spirit that dwells with you? And that is Jesus Christ. And he shall be in you. And Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. So Jesus is telling that, saying in this passage of, passage of scripture that he is the Holy Spirit. Amen. And in John chapter 16, verse 7 and verse 13 says, Nevertheless, I tell you, I tell you this, this truth, it is expedient or advisable for you that in that I, I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. 
And verse 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall, she, he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. Amen. So Jesus is the one that is going to be in us. He is that comforter. In verse 7 says, If I go, if for it is advisable for you that I go away. For if he, if Jesus says, If he will not go away, the comforter will not come to you. That's why Jesus has to ascend in order for, for him to send his spirit to all because the, the Holy Ghost is embodied in the flesh of Jesus Christ. So it cannot be in us unless Jesus is ascended to heaven and been glorified. Amen. His whole body been glorified and went back to heaven. Amen. And also in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 to 8, it says, And being assembled together with them, together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which says, He you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times of the seasons, or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. So it is a promise, and, it, and God says that we will have power. That's, that's you know, that's mind-blowing for me the first time I heard the scripture when it talks about the Holy Ghost because no one have ever told me about Holy Ghost before no one has told me that I can receive the Holy Ghost and nobody give me any detail that I can be as powerful as Jesus Christ was on earth when when it comes to receiving the Holy Ghost because you know it's just so amazing that we can do greater things than Jesus has done in on his ministry on on his days or lives in, in on this earth and just by receiving or having his spirit in us that is just amazing it is a privilege it is an honor to be a vessel of that kind of power or that spirit that holy spirit there is no Holy Spirit than Jesus' Spirit that is. Amen. Hallelujah. It's just, it is very important for us to receive the Holy Ghost because it's not only the power that we can do miracles and wonders that Jesus has done when he was still here on earth, but it is one of the requirements for us. The second thing about the Holy Ghost baptism is it is an experience for the church who founded on the Pentecost. In Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 says, Upon this rock I will build my church 
Jesus is talking about Peter knowing that he is Lord and God. Amen. And also in Luke chapter 7 verse 28 says, Among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Amen. And also in Luke chapter 24 verse 47 and 49, And that repentance and remissions of sin, remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Amen. This is an experience. Holy Ghost baptism is an experience. That's why we call our we call ourselves Pentecostals because we we re we, we receive the Holy Ghost and we experience its power. Amen. And you can experience it too. And you can receive it as, as I have received it. Amen. And also it says in John, John chapter 7 verse 39. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet been glorified. We've talked about that earlier. And also in John 16 verse 7. When Jesus said, if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. In Acts chapter 1 verse 5 says, Ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence, or not many days from now. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 to 6 it says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Amen. So once we receive the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of Jesus Christ, we become His sons and daughters. Hallelujah. We become His adopted children. That's the only thing or that's the only way that we can say that I am of my father my God my creator I am of Jesus once we have his spirit in us amen amen Hallelujah. in Acts chapter in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4 it says and when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them cloven tongues as light as of a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Amen. Hallelujah. So the evidence that you have received the Holy Ghost is when you speak in tongues amen it's that only the spirit only the holy ghost will give you the utterance to speak in different tongues it's not a man-made language it's also in hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 to 13 it says here but now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then 
should no place have been sought for the second. This is talking about the first covenant that God has um, given to the people in the Old Testament. That's why it's called the Old Testament. And now we are in the New Covenant, the New Testament. And it says in verse 8, For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant. I regarded them not, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, for the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful, merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins, and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that, and in that, he says, a new covenant he has made the first old. Now, which decays and waxes old is ready to vanish away. So now the old covenant or the old, um, the old testament is done away with when Jesus Christ come. Because when he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hands and ye shall, re ye shall be born again of water and of the spirit. For if you have not, you will not be able to enter into the kingdom of God. And that is the new covenant, the Acts 2.38 plan of salvation. Repent for the, for, and be baptized every one of you for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And let's also read in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15 and ver to verse 17. It says there, And for, the, for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, Jesus is, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also a necessity to be a death of a testator. For a testament is for is of force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator lives. You know just like the example of uh, uh, an inheritance, when when your parents or your great grandparents have a lot of property and what whatever, they you will inherit it. And if your grandparents or your parents will put your name as one of the recipient of those inheritance, you will be able only to receive it if the one who uh, who is the testator dies the same thing with jesus christ in this passage of scripture we will not receive the holy ghost if jesus hasn't if jesus didn't die because the spirit remains in himself and he said i will i will not leave you comfortless i will come back to you but he needs to go away first in order for him 
to be in us because he cannot come into our hearts or into us or in us in a human form only through spiritual form that his spirit can be in us amen hallelujah so let's also read in verse chapter 11 verse 39 to 40 it says there and this all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise god having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect amen god has given us the opportunity to know what is important in the plan of salvation and it says here and this all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise those having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise but god having provided some better thing for us you know we are the ones who get the great great can can i say a reward from god for those who have been waiting for this promise because it's been promised during the old times that god will pour out his spirit upon all flesh and those people in those in the time of joel are waiting and waiting and waiting for that spirit to come but it will not come because jesus has not been born yet and we are so privileged in our generation in our time to receive that wonderful gift of the spirit of god the holy spirit amen amen Let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 to 12. It says here, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come to you, searching what or what matter of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it is testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, to whom it was revealed, that not to themselves but to us they did minister the things which are now reported to you by them that have preached the gospel to you with the holy ghost sent down from heaven which things and angels desired to look into you know we are so blessed and so privileged that those prophets that prophesied the outpouring of the spirit of god they they wanted they 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 dreamed or let's say i i believe they they're they're like i'm i want to have that spirit right now but they are the one that god uses to deliver this message to us to this generation to our generation that it is it is our time it is in our time that we are able to receive the spirit of christ we are still in the bible prophecy the revelation has not yet fully come but we are heading there so it is time for us to really desire to know who god is and what god's plan in our life those that are listening to this podcast those that we are doing home bible studies here in in our place there is a it's not a coincidence that we are doing all these things because God wants us to share this all information to you. The, the Word of God is the only way that can lead, can lead us to heaven. 
And it, this is the manual how to be saved. That's why we are reading a lot of scriptures. I'm not explaining my own thoughts. I'm just reading what the Bible said. So now we will talk about the significance and necessity of Holy Ghost baptism. As we've read in John 3, 5, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. And also in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So it's very important if we are truly saying that we are Christians and we are sons and daughters of Christ, we must have his spirit in us in order for us to be called his. Because in this scripture it says, in Romans 8 and 9, if you have not the spirit of Christ, you are none of his. In Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So once we have the Holy Ghost, we are in peace we have joy in our hearts, even if situations are falling apart, we still have that joy in our heart. And we have more righteousness. There's no good in, in any of us in this world. Only God is good. But when He's in us, He gave us that righteousness. He's t teaching us how to be righteous. His righteous characteristics is being implanted in our hearts once we receive the Holy Ghost. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 says, But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. So when we have His Spirit, it washes us, it sanctifies us, it justifies us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says, for by one Spirit are we all baptized in, into one body. Once we have the Spirit of Christ, we became part of His body. We become part of the body of Christ. So we need to have that Spirit in order for us to, to work in the miracles and the workings of Christ. He will direct us in the things that God wants us to do. We can be the hand of Christ here or there. The eyes of God here, there, or the mouth that God will use here and there. Amen. So we became part of His body once we received His Spirit. And also in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14 says, Ye are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possessions. Amen. Also in Titus chapter 3 verse 5, according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. His mercy has saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. 1 John 3.24 says, And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. We will know that Jesus is with us, abiding in us, because we have His Spirit in us. So that's the significance and necessity of the Holy Ghost baptism. 
we become part of Christ, this is the only way we can go to heaven once we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and it will give us power to become witnesses of Christ. Amen. And there's a lot of verses here that I can give you later for you to read. And let's go on to the last part. Speaking in tongues is the initial sign. It says in Mark 16 verse 17, Then this signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak with new tongues. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says, And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. In Acts chapter 10 45 to 46 says, And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gifts of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues. You know, it's not only for the Jew that the Spirit was poured, also to the Gentiles, and that's us, because we are not born Jews. In Acts chapter 19 verse 6, The Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Also, in Isaiah chapter 28 verse 11 to 12, it says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they had not heard. This is from the Old Testament. God is prophesied. God gave the prophecy to prophet Isaiah that how to receive or what is the initial evidence that you have received the Holy Ghost. It's when you have that stammering lips and you speak in a new language. Amen. Amen. So here are some verses that you can read for yourself regarding the baptism of the Holy Ghost that you may study. John chapter 3 verse 1 to 8, you can write them down. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 to 8, Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4, Acts chapter 2 verse 37 to 39, Acts 3 19, Acts 8 chapter 8 verse 15 to 17, Acts chapter 9 verse 17, Acts chapter 10 verse 44 to 47, Acts 11 15 to 18, Acts 19, 1 to 6, Romans chapter 8, 1 to 16, and verse 23 to 27, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, and Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Amen. Amen. I hope that this um, podcast episode will enlighten you more about the Holy Ghost baptism, that it is real. For me, it is because I have experienced it. As I've said earlier, it is an experience. Pentecost is an experience. It's not a religion. Apostolic Pentecostal is not a religion. Apostolic, we are apostolic in teaching, in doctrine, in Pentecostal, in experience. So there is no religion here. It's only a relationship with Christ. We are building our relationship with Christ because if we are talking about religion we are just being part of a organization but for us we are talking about how to be part of the body of Christ and this is the only way that we can understand the things of God more deeper and more closer when we talk and search the scripture itself because it is the one that will make us closer 
to our Creator, our Father, who is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I hope and pray that this podcast have blessed you as a, as it has blessed me while doing this recording. And I hope and pray that there's more souls out there somewhere that is needing the truth that God is leading to this podcast that will hear this and will be encouraged to know Christ more that their life will be changed as it changed my life. Hallelujah. God bless you all and I hope you will have a blessed weekend in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus said in John chapter 7 verse 38, He that believes on him as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he revealed himself as the Holy Ghost in John chapter 14 verse 16 to 18. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Verse 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Praise the Lord. And the Holy Ghost will also teach us, as John chapter 16, verse 7 and verse 13 said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, Jesus speaking. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And how be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. Amen. And this is the new covenant that God has given us all on how to be saved. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this Bible study podcast. It is such a privilege to share the knowledge and understanding I've known and learned in the Word of God. God bless you all and for our next episode, I'll be interviewing some people and ask them random questions about the Kingdom of God. So stay tuned and have a great weekend. In Jesus' name. Welcome back, Stanford Truth listeners, to this Bible study podcast. For the past 14 episodes, we've been talking about the steps of salvation, and we went on to study further about those steps. And once we follow God's words of direction in our lives to be saved and obeyed all biblical truths, the question arises, now what? God's word will tell us how to be saved and instructs us to stay saved. In reality, our best source is the Bible. If we follow its teachings and obey its instructions, all will be well. And after we are born again, we discover the reality of devil's opposition to us. We now have an enemy of our souls who will tempt us, test us, and try us through every devious ways possible. So join me as, as we listen to our very special guest teaching us Christian living.
So let me introduce to you a very dear friend of mine, my mentor, my role model, and my pastor's wife, Sister Pamela Shepard. Welcome to Stanford Truth. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on here. So what are we going to talk about on this podcast? Well, I want to talk about um, Christian living. And when you have repented of your sins, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and been baptized in Jesus' name. Then there is other steps we must take that a lot of people think, well, I'm saved and I'm good. But you have just started the race into your Christian walk with God. So we're going to be talking about different steps and different principles to live by that we must take in order to have a mature Christian growth. Amen. Let's talk about it. (laughs) I'm ready. So what do we do first after doing all those steps, the seven steps of salvation that we talked about in the previous episodes? So what's next? Well, I look at the life of Jesus, and in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus was being baptized at the end of Matthew chapter 3. Then in Matthew chapter 4, immediately after being baptized, he was taken up to the mountain, into the wilderness, and he was tempted by Satan. So a lot of times when people get saved or they are born again, then they think, well, everything's going to be great. It's going to be a bed of roses. But there's going to be thorns that they are not aware of that will catch them unaware. And it may discourage their walk with God. And that's where a lot of people either backslide or they just lose faith and they don't continue to grow. And it stuns their growth spiritually. So it's not that easy after doing the the seven steps. So there will be struggles after doing the, the steps that God has laid out for us. Like for me... When I repented of my sins, got baptized in Jesus' name, and received the Holy Ghost, I thought it was easy living for Christ, but actually it's not. And that's what you're going to talk about to us, right? Yes. And when you are born again, then there will be temptations that will come to you. And um, I've been involved with people here. I've had a lot of people come to me immediately after being born again, and they struggle with the spirit of doubt. And they really doubt that God loves them. They really doubt that their sins are really washed away. Or they really doubt that they even had the Holy Ghost. So that's one of the things that they struggle with as in addition to temptations that come along. So... You all listeners there, better listen very carefully on these things that Sister Pam is going to teach us because it will really help us in our walk with with Christ. So let Sister Pam teach and let us all listen. (laughs) Thank you. Well, for one thing, we want to um, look into a few biblical principles and as a newborn believer. First of all, don't be offended at being called a newborn or a new convert because there is something precious about that there's nothing bad about it it's we don't expect a newborn to know the things of a mature true saint of god so a lot of things are not expected of them so it's it's good not to be offended and not to take that personally yeah when it's really a good thing mm-hmm. first of all we want to 
stay in the word of God. When you are born again, I encourage every new convert to read the Bible daily. It's like exercising. You cannot read the Bible 10 hours in one day and then expect to never pick up the Bible and read it again for another month. Mm -hmm. You have to consistently read the Bible every day, even if it's just a chapter a day, and it will help continue um, help you it will help you grow and you will study things and um, it will teach you things that maybe you not might not be taught in the church and when you do this it will raise questions yeah. because you are reading things that maybe you've never seen before you've yeah. never heard before and a lot of pe- preachers out in the Christian world today they don't teach it yeah they don't teach all of the Bible they only teach um, Jesus dying on the cross. Mm-hmm rising and he loves you and just the gospel yes and they may even preach against sin but they don't name sin like okay sin that's a sin but what is sin is this a sin or is that a sin they don't know because preachers today they don't name sin but if you have a true man of god that will preach to you but it's it's better but it's still not enough time to teach you everything you need to know, it's yeah. going to take time and perseverance for That's that. That's why Bible reading is very important for us new believers, especially the newborns, because there are times that in the preaching, pastor cannot teach everything or cannot preach everything. So it's up yes. to us to pick up the Bible and read for ourselves to understand more yes. of what God has in store for us. And when you have the Holy Ghost, it also teaches you things. Yeah. Because I've had... Um, a lady come up to me after receiving the Holy Ghost. I ha- hadn't had time to teach her hardly anything. Mm-hmm. And she come up to me and was like, is this wrong? Because I have I have a feeling I feel very guilty when I do this. And I'm like, well, in the Bible, it teaches this. And I gave her the chapter and verse. Yeah. And she was like, I had no idea. But I knew she had the Holy Ghost. And that was the fruit or the work of the Holy Ghost in her to teach her yeah. that that was wrong and it was putting a new conscience on her that she didn't have when she was out in the world. Yeah, that's true. So it is your teacher, but it will also, Bible reading will also open up more understanding when you have the Holy Ghost. That's true. So the first important thing for us new believers and new converts is to read the Bible. Yes. It's very, very important. Also, when we read the Bible, we don't need to just speed read it or, um, you know, try to hurry through it. But we need to think on it yeah. and meditate on it and memorize verses. I really recommend uh, memorizing and studying it. Write down your thoughts and um, just get to know the Word of God. Because there may be times where you may have to share your faith yeah. and you won't need you won't be able to tell anyone anything yeah. because you have not memorized scripture or found where or actually know where that verse is found. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also a good idea. So so when we do read the Bible, it becomes like part of us once we when we meditate, we study and memorize the verses because sometimes it will come to a point that when we are witnessing, we have to tell them verses that's in the Bible. And the Bible is not with us, yes. so it must be in our heart. So every time that we read the Bible, we have to get the understanding. We memorize, we meditate, 
and study on it so that when the time comes that it's time for us to share, it's easy, yeah. like for the new converts. So what else is spam? What else do we need to do as a new convert? Well, I think this is a no-brainer, so to speak. It's called prayer. Yes. Uh, to become a mature Christian, this is a very vital part of our walk with God. In order to be strong, you have to pray. Yes. You cannot make it without praying. And someone um, quoted before, I think, a quote from Charles Spurgeon, and it said, um, reading the Bible and prayer is like breathing in and out. Which yeah. one's more important? They both are important. just as important because you can't make you cannot make it one without the other. Yeah. So prayer is also like exercise as well. You must do it every day. Mm-hmm. And um, when you uh, sometimes you can pray the word. You may not know how to pray, but with experience it will come, and you will learn to practice at it and get better. And also. I recommend developing an, the ability to pray at length. Don't get discouraged when you cannot pray very long at first. Mm-hmm. Um, because it takes perseverance, experience, and practice. So when you pray, um, maybe you'll run out of things to say. And yeah, it will come from your heart, but you just don't know how to say it. Yeah. Um, what helped me... When I was younger, I would learn to pray the word and I would memorize scriptures and I would just pray God, you know, remind him of his promises, tell him how good he is. A lot of times it's good to start in Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a good place to start, to pray the word. Also, um, when you attend church, I recommend strongly. In fact, I think this is a must that you pray before every service because we're walking through the world we're getting off our jobs we get a lot of things on our mind and we need time to just refocus and get things off of our mind get it on the lord and to focus on him because being um missionary usually we go around and visit different churches in the states and Visiting many churches, um, I've noticed some churches pray before church service. And then there may be other churches that they don't pray Mm -hmm. before every service and they just talk and fellowship. And I've noticed even in our assembly here Mm -hmm. in Jordan, if we don't pray before every service, then you can tell the difference in the service. It's almost like people's distracted if they don't pray. Um, The Spirit of God cannot move freely because um, they're not focused upon Him. Maybe they're sitting there singing Amazing Grace and thoughts of what they're going to do at work tomorrow is Mm -hmm. going through their minds. So when we pray, when we come into His presence even, we -hmm. need to pray before entering into His presence because it gives us... um, a chance to just focus upon him yeah like the moment that we clear our mind from the thoughts of the world for a second and then make a space for god to occupy our mind because yes. most of the time especially after work our mind is like oh i'm so tired i don't want to even think about anything else i want to sleep i want to rest but when we 
get into prayer before the service, especially during the service nights and on Sunday, once we pray through, like before the service starts, we will receive the word of God like holy or complete in a sense that we, we, we make space mm-hmm. uh, in our mind that God come give me understanding, be in my presence or be in my midst tonight. Mm-hmm. I want to feel you. I want to know your, your will or your purpose in my life in this moment. So prayer really is very important. Is it okay also if for the beginners, they will write it down? and pray about it or write down thoughts that they want to pray because there are times that like for me for example the first time i learned how to pray long longer i have to write it down because sometimes i tend to forget is it okay to write it yes down? that's perfectly fine and even in our prayer meetings um we have a prayer list of things of uh, different needs of yeah. people and so maybe when you're praying about so many things you need to look up and be reminded oh i need to pray for this so that's perfectly fine yeah and also in the bible it says pray without ceasing so it's very important for us especially the new the new converts to understand that prayer is very essential in our walk with god that's our way of communicating with him and that's the, the way also that god communicates with us through prayer so Keep that in mind that prayer is very important. Yes, and I'm glad you brought that up. Pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean um, just go around and pray all the time out loud. Mm -hmm. But we need to have that mindset in our mind. Like you can be at work and just be by yourself doing something and you could be praying in your mind. Mm -hmm. That is praying. Even though you're not doing it loudly, you're still got... You still have your mind focused upon Him. You are still talking and communing with God in your heart and in your mind. It's like meditation Mm -hmm. on Him. So when you do pray without ceasing, it is more of my mind is in that, that mode of prayer to where if anything happened, I can immediately jump into prayer. Mm -hmm. For example, you can almost tell when someone doesn't pray yeah. because when you ask them to pray out loud, it takes them a long time to get started into their prayer and they don't feel very comfortable doing it because yeah. they have not had their mind focused upon him already throughout that day. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for them to just immediately drop everything and focus upon him. Yeah. It's true. If you know, if you yeah. know what I'm trying to say, yeah, yeah. but when you have been talking with God all day, You've already talked to him yes. and somebody can say, will you please just pray for me right now? Yeah. You can drop everything you have and just go immediately into mm-hmm. prayer and you have more of anointing and, yeah. and you know how to get into his presence quicker. Yeah. But people who do not pray, it takes them a while to get everything out of their mind yeah. to be able to focus on prayer. That's a good thing. That's a good thing for us to, to be reminded that communing with God daily and constantly will will make us uh, be ready and prepared when someone asks us to pray for someone, especially for those who are Holy Ghost filled. You have the power to help those who, who need deliverance and healing by prayer. So that's very important. So what else? Well, another principle to live by is fasting. We 
must fast. I think it's very vital, very important to our walk with God because if we don't kill this flesh, it will overtake us. Mm -hmm. We have to kill the flesh. Paul says, I die daily. You have to um, not allow the flesh to overtake you. You have to be an overcomer over that. Your spirit must be bigger than your flesh or have more power than your over your flesh um it's a very powerful weapon for sometimes prayer can do a lot of things it has a lot of power but there is more power when you fast yeah there are some spirits that you cannot break through Mm -hmm. and even jesus told his disciples they were trying to cast out a devil out of um someone and they couldn't do it and they come to and jesus came by and they said jesus we've tried to cast out the devil like you do and we can't do it and he Mm. said well some things only go forth by prayer and fasting yeah so that tells you the disciples didn't fast because jesus was with them they didn't need to fast but when jesus made it a habit of fasting and even in his flesh he fasted yeah um, he went 40 days and 40 nights yeah. fasting in the wilderness. So, and of course he's God. He has that power. But when we fast, we have more power over the devil. Yeah. If you are struggling with uh, a temptation or a struggle, you're dealing with something, and if you just can't seem to get over uh, or make a breakthrough yeah. in that situation, then I, I recommend you try fasting. Yeah. Because it will make a difference. So give us a tip for a new uh, beginner who just now started to do fasting. So what they need to do? Well, fast fasting is simply d- going without food or water or just food. Some people drink water to stay hydrated and that's okay. But um, you have to commit yourself on a regular basis to be to, to be have a fast mm-hmm. um, it is also both healthy and physically spiritually it does your body good it does your spirit good yeah. so it's healthy both ways um, so I would recommend if you're not used to fasting I would recommend just going try just doing one meal a day just fast one meal a day like if you normally eat lunch outweigh your friends or something at work then maybe skip lunch yeah and don't eat until dinner time and just um go off and pray or have your alone time with god and if you can fast two meals a day yeah and then gradually you will get the hang of it and you can fast even longer yeah but i would recommend a 24-hour day so for the new beginners, if you want to do fasting, skip one meal a day and then gradually add one more meal to every fast and then you can do the whole day. It will be beneficial to you physically and spiritually, especially with, when it comes to discipline. Because in fasting, this is where we submit our flesh to the spirit. The more we put down this flesh, what the flesh wants, and what the spirit wants in our life, then the the temptation will not come. Mm-hmm. It will be easy for us now to deal with the temptation because now we can control our flesh. 
That's the reason why we also fast is because we want to submit this flesh to the spirit that's in authority over us, that's in us. So it's very important for us to have that fasting mindset. Like every week, just decide on one day a week to fast in order for your flesh to be submitted in the spirit that's in you. So that's a very good good yeah. thing to do. Uh, also, when you, you look at it this way, when two dogs are in a fight, which dog is going to win? The one who always, the ones that you feed the most. Exactly. Yeah. So with your spirit and your flesh, it's a constant war. Yeah. So if you want your spirit to overcome your flesh, you're going to have to speak, uh, feed your spirit more. Yeah. If you feed your flesh more, your flesh is going to have more control over you. Yeah. And your spirit's going to be weak. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of Christians, they struggle and they find it hard to live for God because they have weak spirit yeah. and they don't know how to exercise that. Yeah. So fasting is one of the exercises that we need to do in order for us to have that spiritual growth in us. Yes. Amen. So what else, Sister Pam, what, what else do we need to do in order for the new converts to walk with Christ? Well, another thing would be church attendance. Hello, hello. <laughs> so no one succeeds in living for God when they're unfaithful yeah. in church attendance. Um, it, sh- it should be a number one priority in your life. Amen. Um, regardless of the weather, visiting guests, or petty hindrances, mm-hmm. you need to be faithful in church attendance. Yeah. Um, I tell people, you need to let your friends know that you're going to church on a certain day. Yeah. If you have people to come over to your house and it's church time, I know here in Jordan that happens a lot, yeah. you need to let your friends know, hey, I have church this day and this time. Why don't you go with me? Yeah. If they're unwilling to go, go anyway. Yeah. Don't let, don't allow people, don't allow hindrances to um, keep you from the house of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I really love someone, I'm going to go to their house and I'm going to see them. I'm yeah. going to enjoy my time being with them and in, in their presence. So if you really love God and you really have a hunger for Him, then I don't think anything could stop you from visiting his house and being in his presence because that is what we long for amen that's true and also that's where the fellowship also with the saint the saints are when you when you are in the church because in the bible also says that gather together the more Mm -hmm. because the day of the coming of our lord is approaching so it's better for us to fellowship with one another because also in the church not only being in the building is where we gather also the presence of god is there because we are meet meeting in order for his presence to be there so you will find god in the church yes and i recommend finding a church i know i say that a lot recommend it's okay okay um i suggest you it i commend you no (laughs) but it is very important Even God commands us that we must fellowship together because there's going to be times where our brother or sister is going to feel low. They're not going to be high all the time. Mm -hmm. And they're going to need someone to help lift them up. Also, we're one body. 
and if one body is one part of the body's hurting we need to doctor that part yeah and we need to fix that part mm -hmm. and if you cut yourself off from the body the body doesn't die but that what you cut off dies yeah. so that's very important to stay within the church and i it's it's not good to just go from church to church you need one church and one pastor one shepherd over you because if a sheep just went from shepherd to shepherd and they didn't obey anything and they just if they didn't like something that shepherd did they would go to another shepherd and go to his flock yeah you know it would not be a sheep we call them goats yeah you know <laughs> yeah, they, they just everywhere. they have a strong wheel yeah. and no one can tell them anything and it's hard to um, do anything with them because they have a mind of their own yeah and so if we're really going to be sheep and let Jesus be our shepherd and to obey the sheep herder yeah. the like what do you call it the sheep dog that yeah. keeps the, the flock together yeah. then for example our pastor um, you need one man of God in your life yeah. to be able to um, advise you to pray with you and to really know your to help your walk with God yeah you know also the the church is not a building it's the body of Christ we are not you know we're not just going into the building just to be in attendance we are there to be part of the body of Christ to to be in his mind because once we 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 put the name of Christ we become his that's why we become part of his body we are not we are not in a congregation or a denomination of religious group but we are part of a relationship with Christ so being in the church is being in the body of Christ it's not the building it's his temple yes and also um when you are with the body of Christ, you need to get, when you're in the church, you need to get involved. Yeah. Like Pastor always says, if you don't get involved, you'll dissolve. dissolve. Yeah. So it's very, 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 very important yes. to stay in the church. Mm -hmm. Don't miss too much church. Yeah. And if you do miss church, be accountable to someone yeah. so that they can help you, so that temptations, when they come your way, they don't overtake you and then yeah. no one knows where you've been or, yeah. you know, just stay in contact with, with you people. know, the people of God. Um, if you're struggling, be open about yeah. it. Don't sit there and struggle alone. Yeah. Um, you know, can, even Paul says, confess your faults one to another. Help strengthen those. Yeah. If you find someone in a fault, those that are spiritual, go and restore. restore. That don't mean um, a lot of new converts going and trying to restore someone. Yeah. Um, usually they're the ones needing restored because yeah. they're going to fall down and yeah. it's okay mess ups happen yeah when a baby's learning to walk they fall down yeah a lot of times they bump their head mm -hmm. even may get a, a scratch of blood or something yeah. you know it's sometimes they get messy yeah you got to change their diaper yeah. you know they make mistakes mm -hmm. and so um, you never see a baby when they fall down. They just cross their arms and pout and say, well, I'm no. never going to get up and walk again. Yeah. It's just useless. I keep falling down. Yeah. No, they always get back up. Yeah. They're very determined. And yeah. that's why we need to be, as a physical baby, yeah. in the natural, will never give up the ability to walk, to learn to walk. We should never lose, lose that. that 
desire to get up and walk again. Especially in spiritual walk with God. Yes, when we fall and mess up, it, we understand that you're a baby. You're yeah. a newborn. Yeah. Uh, you're a new, a new person in Christ. So um, there's going to be things that, you know, will come your way that will trip you up. Yeah. And it's it's perfectly normal. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with you. Yeah. You know, some may think, well, it's strange yeah. or it, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. No. It's normal. It's normal. It it's happens to everyone. Normal. Yeah. So don't be shy for, you know, just talking or reaching out the people in the church when you feel like you're in doubt. Because that's what the church is for. For those who are in doubt, those who are uh, not sure where they really at in the body of Christ just just be close to them talk to them talk to the pastor talk to the, talk to the people that you're close to in the church that are, that's long time there and they will help you and they will build you up because if you do it by yourself it's hard it's hard for a newborn to take care of themselves so you need someone to take care of you so don't don't feel shy to ask help ask prayers because that will help you. Yes, and we need to have the attitude where if we do mess up, where we are not like, well, I've messed up. I can't, I, I can't go to the pastor. I can't talk to him. I can't tell him this. Um, I gotta hide it, or I feel ashamed. Yeah. We should be to the point where if we do mess up, we say, I gotta go run and talk to my pastor. Yeah. I gotta talk to my mentor. I need some prayer from him right now. You know, that should be our attitude yeah. when we fall. Yeah. We seek help. Yeah. You know, that's what the teachable spirit is. Yes. Once you messed up, you admit that you messed up and you approach the pastor. Yes. To ask for his guidance because he's the one that God puts in our life to lead us and to guide us. Amen. Yes. And um, also when you are a newborn uh, believer in the kingdom and you start attending church, you need to get involved in the worship service. Yeah. Um, raise your hands. Praise God. Um, worship Him. Don't be ashamed. Don't feel shy. Yeah. Just get in there and get involved. Yeah. Because um, a lot of times you leave strengthened when you do that. Yeah. Because you're giving a sacrifice. We need to learn how to sacrifice. Even in our early stages of our walk with God. And um, just ignore distractions, overlook petty problems, and just let God be the center focus of what's going on right there and get what you need from every service. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, This is the first part of Christian Living episode. And just a recap, what we must do now that we've done every steps to be saved? Remember the last step, we are saved by endurance. It is not how we start the Christian race, but how we end it. Very important thing we must do is what Sispam taught was Bible reading. Reading with understanding is the key to get closer to God, and that will require you a desire to seek God's face. In Psalms, 100, in Psalms chapter 19, verse 7 to 11, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. 
The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than a honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them is great reward. Amen. And also in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 3 says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have ta tasted that the Lord is gracious. So reading the Bible will help us grow spiritually because this is the sincere milk for the newborn babes. And this is also the meat for those who have been saved for a long time. So it is very important for us to keep reading the word of God. Amen. And also the prayer is another vital key to be an overcoming Christian. And it's we need to develop a strong prayer life. Develop a consistent increasing prayer life for your needs and the needs of others. Prayer is also a two-way communication with God. Through prayer, we put our thoughts into captivity and directs and focuses our mind to God and waiting for His answer and His directions the moment we touch the throne of grace in prayer. It is a very powerful tool in Christian living and this is the faith enhancer we can save because the reading of the word is the food for our soul and with the help of prayers another supernatural supplement for our souls it has given us more strength in the holy ghost and also faith booster that whatever may come against us we will not be shaken we will not be moved because of that strong prayer life that we have and as this Pam said, you gradually increase your prayer habit from 10 minutes to half an hour to an hour and so on. And as the Word of God says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. In whatever situation or state you are in, keep on praying. You don't have to be praying in a loud voice. You can pray in your thoughts everywhere, anytime, any time of the day. Amen. And also, through prayer, seek will be healed, captives will be set free, walls will fall down, and strongholds will be break, broken down. In James chapter 5, verse 13 to 8 says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of the faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit amen so prayer is very essential and very important as to reading the bible because with with this two combination our our faith will be not, will not be shaken 
our our the truth will will set you free through the reading of the word and also by the help of prayer it gives us direction and it shows us that the will of god you know it is the will of god for us to commune with him and through prayer commune this is the way we commune with god so i hope and pray that this part of episode will give you an understanding on how a christian should live and for our next episode we will continue on talking about how a christian should live this is not only uh, by just doing only those seven steps the enduring part is what we must know also because by doing those three step being to repent be baptized in the name of jesus christ and you've received the holy ghost now the christian race is on we have to live according to the bible and that's why we are talking about all those things that a christian should do bible reading prayer fasting and church attendance and for our next episode you will hear more of the good stuff that a christian like you and i need to do in order to be in the kingdom of god to be in line in the will of god for us to enter into his kingdom because narrow is the way that leadeth to the kingdom of god amen so i hope and pray that you will all be blessed this coming weekend and god bless you 